Billing out your fee-for-service fees to PPO plans. We're going to talk about the truth behind the matter. We begin our podcast right there. Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mic is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome listeners to the My Practice, My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice, My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Hello, my friends. I had a great conversation with one of our respected and trusted colleagues uh, and friend several weeks ago. The conversation was not like an unusual one. Is I've had this conversation with many of you listening right now who've been taught through some sort of consulting with various consulting groups out there uh, this simple thing. The simple question is, should you send your fee-for-service fees on your insurance submission or should you send in your contracted fee with each of the PPO companies you take? And just hook your patient to whatever that fee structure is that they have. It's a very simple answer when you talk with accountants, a no-brainer when you talk with forensic accounting investigators, and it's a, it's a power struggle when you listen to dental consultants all the time. The accountants and legal investigators think the consultants are nuts with how they are teaching accounting principles to, to all of us in dentistry. Uh, it's not their fault, though. Most of them don't have business uh, training anyway. And the dental consultants uh, pull the phrase, those accountants and investigators have never ran a dental practice. Yeah, <laughs> that's usually what they'll say. My wife, uh, who I love and respect and, and get uh, corrected on often, and rightfully so, she currently right now has uh, two business degrees, and she's working towards her MBA. And I'm still a Utah private investigator. So yes, I, I want to put that out there because we will have bias when it comes to teaching you guys uh, these things. However, I'm going to let my consulting arm come out and give good points on each protocol. I know that sounds scary, but just stay with me. You'll, you'll just hear me out. I want to first start out with the pros of billing out your fee-for-service fees on each and every insurance claim. The pros are, one, if you accidentally attach a lower rate than you're contractually allowed to charge out, you, you will miss out on potential reimbursement dollars for your services you rendered on that patient. And the argument here is this that sometimes a team member might accidentally input an incorrect fee to a covered code on the contractual fee schedule the insurance company gives you when you're signing up to be a, a contracted provider or if you're updating your fees, you've gotten a higher fee schedule. Most of us get lower fee schedules, you know, just in case. I have to put that out there for those of you who might get a higher one. The input error happens when either placing contractual fees into your dental software for the first time or, or updating a new fee schedule. That's when the error happens. So the counter argument is this. 
don't make an input mistake. <laughs> Have another team member double check the input data. You know, two sets of eyes going over. Make sure that the, uh, you know, some of you out there like in certain parts of the country, oh my gosh, we take, we take four PPO plans. You know how much time that'll take me to input all those fees? Yeah. All of us here in Utah, we don't want to hear your whining or Nevada or, or Louisiana or other states uh, because most of us are taking about 20 to 30 and sometimes higher PPO plans. So we're the king of inputting data. So don't be whining. You can do it. Uh, another argument is sometimes an insurance company might arbitrarily increase a reimbursement on an individual code. Now, don't pass out when I say that. It's actually happened before <laughs> where they actually increased increase a reimbursement rate. It's, it's, a, it's like a unicorn. You see them once in a while, okay? So, and if you're billing out your contracted fee, you will miss out on that potential revenue. But the counter argument is this. I've, I've only seen that happen maybe twice in 30 years. Like I said, it's the unicorn. Point number two on the pros is this. It will help you renegotiate a higher fee schedule with third-party payers. That's, that's what's taught, and that's what can potentially happen. But the argument here is this. Your fee-for-service fee has absolutely nothing to do with your contracted fee. So when I hear that, that it, it can help you renegotiate a higher fee schedule, yeah, that, that used to work in the olden days once in a while, but it hasn't happened in umpteen years. I realize many of you out there are shaking your head thinking I'm crazy for making such a statement, but it's true. I, I have over 30 recorded conversations with 30 different third-party payers who made that statement to us. The question we asked was this. How do you, insurance companies, determine your contracted fees with dentists nationwide? And here was their answer. This is how they do it. They said, we look at zip code and fees being used in those regions with other insurance carriers. Remember, the McCarran-Ferguson Act hasn't been completely initiated, so they can still collude and break antitrust that you and I can't. So uh, hopefully that's changing soon. But it simply comes down to, they told us, profit and loss. In other words, and, and I don't want to jump past profit and loss. Those are terms, docs, you've got to understand, not like, oh, I have profit and I have loss. No, you need to understand those two terms in depth. In other words, how much we take in from premiums, they said, from our clients who happen to be our patients, and how much we pay out in the form of dental benefits. That's how they determine their contracted uh, fees with us, you guys. On top of that, we, they told us, we, the insurance companies, have to make a 30% to 33% corporate profit margin each quarter. They told us that when our payments are delayed, office managers, you'll love this, just think this through. When our payments are delayed, it's because they are short from their corporate profit margins. Makes sense, right? The third point in this is, it, that they, that's often stated is it helps the doc realize how much is written off 
when taking PPO plans. Are you kidding me? Doc, let me just put it this way. If you take a PPO plan, you're pretty much taking a 40% hit, plus or minus 10%. It's going to be closer to plus 10% most of the time. (laughs) So just know that seeing that write-off, it's not going to change anything. So the argument here is this. You already know your fee-for-service fee is much higher than a PPO plan contracted fee. The question you need to ask yourself is this. Why do you need to see those numbers each month? Does it change anything? There, there will be more to this argument here in a minute, but the only thing it does for you, Doc, is it gives you a heart attack, and we don't want to see you die. So those are numbers you really don't, don't need to have pounded into you. So now for the pros of billing out your uh, contracted fees on insurance claims for services rendered, okay? The pros of billing out your contracted fees. We kind of talked about the, uh, uh, the, we talked about the pros. Remember, I don't want you to get you confused on this. The pros of billing out your fee-for-service fee, that's what we were talking about just there. Now we're going to talk about the pros of billing out your contracted fees. You know, the ones that you contracted for, the 40% loss. So point one, this is a power play. When you bill out your contracted fees, when you hook all your patients to whatever insurance plan they have, when you put that data in your software, and your software is made to do that, the argument here is this. No other business runs their accounting like many dentists do. And what am I saying here? It's brutal. Dentists don't, we, we don't have business training. That's the brutal part. No business manager would allow their accounting or managers the latitude of mistakes when inputting dental fees. They don't tolerate those types of mistakes. So it's like you need to know where you're at. Second point is you have the ability to be accurate with most software when it comes to the business accounting in the business of dentistry. So be accurate. Know where your production totals are on any given day. Not just, oh, I've been doing this for so many years. I just kind of know what my write-offs are, and I kind of know where I'm supposed to be. We're going to talk about the problem with that here in just a minute. And the third point, and for the final point of this argument, on knowing your actual production totals, this last one is huge. Imagine it's your two-year matriculation time to renegotiate with the PPO plan. So you go to battle and you get a higher reimbursement on the majority of fees across the board. You're so excited. You've just won a battle with, with a third-party profit killer, and you're ready to send off insurance claims at much higher fees now. Okay, realistically, you might have received a 0.5% across-the-board increase, but some of the codes might be significantly higher. But hey, it's better than nothing, right? Right. You're billing out your fee-for-service fees. If you're billing out your fee-for-service fees, you never catch the fact that the third-party payer has been reimbursing you on the older rates, on the older rates since your renegotiation date. What? Wait, Rob, back up. Guess what, folks? There is no way to catch this unless you have Jedi powers or unless you have your actual negotiated fees logged into your practice management software. Let me explain what I mean. Say that you negotiate 
Say your old crown fees are $650, and you renegotiate them for $700 a crown. By placing your contracted fees in the system, if the insurance company goes back their software, clicks back to the old fee of $650, do you know how hard that is to catch? Super hard. If you're billing out your fee-for-service fee at, say, $1,100 a crown, you're not going to catch that $50 discrepancy because especially if you're used to the $650 and nobody really picks it up, the office manager might pick it up. A savvy one will pick it up sooner than later. But the average office managers, that'll just blow past them. They won't know. And, and how would they? That's, the, that's my whole point. Tracy has caught the insurance companies multiple times stating on the EOB that our submitted amount was higher than our negotiated amount. That's right. So if you renegotiated 700 and it was 650, it literally will say on the EOB that you charged too much when in fact you charged out the renegotiated amount. So oftentimes on autopilot, the office managers will miss that. So the insurance company is notorious at not changing the new negotiated amount in their computer software all the time. This happens often. It was an easy catch on our end because we expect what we send out on the EOB to come back matching at 100% because we do put in our negotiated fees into the practice management software, like say for Delta or Blue Cross, and we hook the patient to that fee schedule for whatever insurance plan they have. So how hard would that have been if we simply submitted our fee-for-service fee and then written off what the EOB stated? that we needed to write off? Does your insurance coordinator or office manager take the time to double-check every single write-off to make sure they're accurate? Do they? You know, I mean, really. I, I, wouldn't, I, I just wouldn't hold an office manager to that standard, especially one that's busy. That's very unlikely that they do check, so just keeping it real. Point two in billing out your negotiated fees. It greatly reduces the ability for front office fraud and embezzlement. Now, my office manager friends, you know that here at My Practice My Business, we guard you. We protect you. We give you protocols to follow, so there's never a question. But the argument here is this. If you talk with office managers who have stolen from the dentists they work for, one of their common statement denominators is this. The dentist has no idea what is written off each month, let alone how to track it. With all the insurance write-offs, it makes it easy to funnel money into my purse with cash and checks. They tell us it's easy to pocket payments and just pull them into the write-off column. They do a little at a time, which doesn't make the write-off seem out of line. Surprise? This is another reason why we bill out our fee for bill out our contracted fees and not our fee for service fees. I never want my front office to be tempted. We teach other checks and balances that are very simple, important to follow, to keep everybody honest. And that's what we like doing. Point two on this argument is office managers who have moved to another office with the intent to commit fraud and embezzlement 
they do not stay long when the dentist is billing out their actual fees that they're contracted with and requiring day sheets at the end of each day. And they, meaning the dentist, actually take the time to review those reports. So front team members that, that have bad intentions, docs, if you're doing those things, then you're going to keep them honest. And that's what we want to do. Just keep everybody honest. I, I'm grateful for my, for my CPA at CBiz, Mayor Hoffman and McCann for actually sitting down with me to look at how our software could be more accurate when reporting production numbers. He did this with me years and years ago. And here at My Practice, My Business, we help dental teams take away the temptation of fraud and embezzlement. I don't like catching people. I'd rather prevent it and put, in, put measures in place that, that cause front office members to always make good choices and not be tempted. Because, you know, life's tough enough. We don't need to complicate life. And, and I would rather protect everybody involved. The latest statistics, they show that roughly over 70% or more of dental practices experience fraud and embezzlement at least once in their career. But only 5% actually get caught. The question you need to ask yourself is why? I hope that this conversation today makes it clear as to why such a small percent actually get caught by you. The really good cheaters only take small amounts each month, Doc. So it's tough. If you're not doing what we teach here at MPMB, it makes it almost impossible for, for you and I to, to catch uh, front office team members that are committing fraud and embezzlement. If you have tons of write-offs and you don't follow your day sheet reports to see where those write-offs went, you will never catch them. And if you run your office with the accounting accuracy of a of a wet compass navigated aircraft on its way to Hawaii, you deserve to land in Gilligan's Island because that's how you're running your practice. Don't do it. Don't do it. Tracy has caught the insurance companies multiple times stating on the EOB that our negotiated amount was actually less than our contracted amount. It was an easy catch on our end because we expect what we send out to come back matching. Now, how hard would that have been had we have simply submitted our fee-for-service fees and then written off what the EOB stated that we needed to write off? Does your insurance coordinator or office manager take the time to double-check every single write-off to make sure that they're accurate? That's what we need to be making sure happens if you decide to bill out your fee-for-service fee. But if you decide to bill out your contracted fees, life gets easier Numbers get more accurate using the day sheets to make sure that the write-offs match exactly what was written off that day and collections were exactly what was stated on the, on the, uh, on the charts that was charged out. Keeps a smooth running practice, you guys. Keeps our team members honest. It, it keeps temptation down and keeps everybody honest. And that way we can make sure that everybody has a great experience in this wonderful world of dentistry that we live in. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. 
If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.